Hello and welcome, Matthew Grant here, and we slipped in our new theme tune last week, and here it is again, jazzing things up a bit as we're now onto the 201st episode, and we thought it time for a refresh. But back to one of our podcast original themes for this episode with a topic that not everyone knows about, but you do definitely care about, and is at the heart of some of the best innovation in insurance, that is payments. Now, even if you think this is not your thing, don't give up on us too quickly. We're bringing you the highlights from our live event earlier this year on this topic, where there were close to 200 people packing into the room. And as we learned on the night, this is an area that impacts everyone, even if you're just paying for your insurance and getting a claim paid. Now, our thanks to Ruth Polyblank, Vice President Partnerships Lead for Insurance at MasterCard, and her colleagues for supporting us at this event and joining us on stage for the first half of the evening. We also had Imburse and Startup Armakama on stage with us. And if you've ever wondered about what happens when insurance meets TikTok, then you're about to find out. Now we're going to jump straight into the evening with Ruth telling me why MasterCard supported this event. I've known Instech for quite some time. Um, I think Instech is different and, and not to kind of inflate egos, but, you know, Instech community is all about helping each other and saying yes and collaborating. And, you know, it's no mistake that the team sat in front of you today is enterprise partnerships. So it's about working with other people and coming to events like this enable us to meet organisations that we might not otherwise and, and work out how we work together. How would you describe what payments means to insurance organisations? Effectively, it's about paying and getting paid. So premium in and claims disbursements out is essentially the core of it. And then with regards to the insurance industry, uh, not always known for being the most digitally advanced in many areas, how's it getting on with payments generally in terms of a sort of digital perspective? We always talk about insurance being intangible and claims being the acid test. But I think for insurers, you know, the claims payment ends when they authorise the payment. But the reality is that for the consumer, the, it ends when they're addressed. And so really the, the purpose of these sorts of events and broadening the team is about making payments a more strategic focus for insurers and working with them to collaborate to, to help to bring about new technologies to achieve that. Next from MasterCard was Jason Reddington from the Enterprise Partnerships team. I asked Jason what the customer thinks about the move to digital payments. If you look at kind of bigger insurers, there's a lot more complexity around there. Different payment options suit different types of products. And, and obviously with parametric space, it's a much more different approach to, in some cases, standard insurance. But I think the first thing is really acknowledging what the customer's looking for. Um, you know, there's the stereotype of what a customer expects in the rest of their life versus what they see in insurance. We need to close the gap so that it changes the perception on the industry as a whole. And it's not going to change the industry overnight, but it's suddenly starting to align customers with the rest of their life. And I think that's a big step forward. Are you talking primarily about retail or is this corporate or is it across the whole I, I, To be honest, I think it covers the entire insurance industry. And it's not just the customers paying the policy. It's all the way through from insurer, broker, even down to kind of the claims assessor and, and how the entire industry as a whole looks at payments, not just outwards, but internally. You know, I mean, I've, I've had um, quite a lot of experience kind of working with reconciliation and, and teams like that. I asked Ruth to explain more about what reconciliation means. Effectively, you start with the customer and the experience that they want to have. They want to be paid 
quickly. They want to know when and where that payment's coming from so that they can, they can make their own redress plans. And that's true whether it's a huge corporation or, or an individual. And then work backwards from that. So, you know, we've had experiences of organisations that have huge teams of manual um, reconcilers and they're, they're going through um, statements. Suppliers who have no idea what they've been paid for or whether payments have been bundled and all of this is so inefficient. You know, these organisations are calling insurers to find out what they've been paid for. They're waiting 60 plus days for payments. Um, you know, there's an opportunity to create really strong customer experiences and engagement to improve retention. You know, we have the highest customer acquisition cost of any industry. And then we're not executing on their customer experience right to the very end. Next from MasterCard Enterprise was Alice Glenister. Alice worked as an underwriter in insurance before joining MasterCard and her work included underwriting parametric products. I asked her what she saw as the future for payments in insurance. If you sort of boil parametric insurance down, it is effectively a data point and it is a payment. And so by focusing on not just the parametric piece, but also that payments piece, you can really start to change the way in how payments are delivered to market. And parametric insurance is, is such a useful resilience tool for governments because it's often quite hard to quantify those there's kind of larger um, national scale losses under traditional insurance policies. And so by focusing on, on the payments piece, you can perhaps deliver aid, maybe even ahead of the event, to help out the most vulnerable citizens, to help them evacuate at time of disaster, and sort of working to also improve kind of the SME business interruption space by sort of providing a risk barometer based on our, our transactional data to infer business interruption to allow those BI claims to be paid sort of near real time and without any friction, which is a vast improvement on the current BI space for SMEs. So you mentioned also now it's about the use of data that can track revenue and that can be used for business interruption losses or particularly, I think, non-damaged business interruption losses. Yeah. One of the things that's always intrigued me about this is, A, what's the business model by which MasterCard makes that available? So does that work on a partnership basis only where people have to pay for it or does something else happen? And then... I'm assuming that you're anonymizing that data. You're not actually handing out individual transactions. But can you just talk a little bit more about how, how that works? Yeah, so we are working on what we're calling our, our risk barometer. And so that is powered by MasterCard's data, um, but it allows that anonymized piece of data, as you just mentioned. And so if we can use our, our data to infer business, um, not just a, a, a bad day of trading, but a significant drop in footfall and then transactions, you can then pay out your business interruption claim. Um, sooner rather than later and it works well in those sort of well-populated areas it wouldn't work um, that well if you're in a rural town because you need to keep that data anonymized but in a a city like London you could say okay well we've seen business x has a significant drop in revenue a predefined amount from the norm and then we can go out and we can say okay we don't know what has happened but something has happened and then it's up to our insurance partners whoever they may be to perhaps provide some exclusions around that um, because I know cause agnostic kind of non-damaged business interruption can be quite scary. So we kind of provide, I suppose, the first trigger or the first metric, and then our partners are then free to adapt or mould it as they see fit. Ruth, Alice, Jason, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Next up on stage was Ben Smith, CEO and founder of Insurer Armakama. The company was started in 2019 and achieved regulation in 2021. Armakama offers insurance to people for up to five items, payments monthly. And Ben goes on to explain a bit more. Momentum's really strong right now. and We're kind of growing, I think, 40% month-to-month new, new business growth. So things are really going quite quick now. So, yeah, quite exciting. Great. 
How do you get to that audience? How do you get heard in the noise for the 18 to 35-year-olds? Something that's kind of really works well for us is, is TikTok. Um, so we have been named three times now best in class for TikTok ads globally in finance uh, and three times best in class in the UK generally uh, for ads as well. So something that's quite new to insurance and quite exciting for insurance, but uh, something we originally tested thinking, okay, we'll, we'll toss a, a couple of pounds there and see what happens and something that escalated to, to what we are today. So does that mean you have to get up and do a little dance or something? To get yeah, well, not, not me personally, not me personally. You'll be pleased to know, but... Uh, yeah, now we partner with kind of micro-influencers, people of our target demographic to talk about you know, instances where they've had a loss or damaged item you know, in their life and what would happen if they had insurance in that position. So kind of AirPods in the washing machine is a classic one or spilling a coffee over your laptop in Costa, things like that. Right, because that was going to be my next question because you must have mm. some fascinating data about what are the top five most important things to people that they insure. Definitely, and we get some really interesting items as well You know, because we're not kind of just solely kind of gadget we we do cover all sorts of uh items you know all the way through to kind of archery uh bow and arrows and things like that you know we get some really interesting stuff but you've probably been not surprised to kind of hear that airpods is is very much top of the list in terms of uh tiktok uh, acquisition you know that's kind of goes towards that but obviously you know mobiles and laptops obviously make up a big portion as well Talk me through how that, that sort of payment process works then. So you've got one of our audience has seen your TikTok ad and insured their AirPods, um, but they, they dropped one down the back of the cupboard, which my son managed to do. <laughs> would they be covered for that, by the way? I'll take it back to the, to the actual signing up of uh, the customer. So they would go onto our customer journey, go through the details, adding the items that they've picked. Um, then there's a kind of a Stripe integration at the very end, um, which kind of starts, signs them up to a monthly recurring uh, payment. Um, that you know, uh, it's tokenized and sent every single month. After that, you know, we do send renewal reminders every single month as well, uh, giving them a chance to cancel. Um, but that happens and goes into our trust account. Uh, and from there, at the end of each month, we kind of split out and, and go to us and also uh, the end insurer as well. As you're looking forward, what, what, where, does, where does you go next in terms of what you're doing and other sort of creative areas you might want to look at? Naturally, we've gone from kind of cashless society now we're kind of moving towards even cardless society, you know, with uh, the likes of Apple Pay and Google Pay. And it's something that we need to be on top of because our target market, it's, you know, on the whole, all they use for payment. You know, I know, speaking for myself, it's, it's all I really use for payment myself. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, we were talking earlier with the MasterCard team about some of the barriers to for insurance companies setting this up. I don't know if you can name your... You're offering as MGA, are you? So you've got capacity or you're not? Yes, yeah, no, we've so, got capacity through okay. UK General. Okay, so how does, how, they presumably have to be tied into this payment structure to facilitate that speedy payment. When you're setting the business up, was that a challenge for you to find an insurance company that could give you the kind of agility in terms of how you were processing payments? Well, thankfully, um, because of the use of the trust account, you know, they don't have to be plugged in in that side. Um, you know, it has to be kind of within their name um, and it's controlled by us, but... Um, I completely understand, you know, the different links in the chain to make it kind of smooth. It's really important that, you know, you're partnering with someone that can do that. Um, and that's got to be kind of top of the list in terms of kind of getting that set up. So, you know, we're quite fortunate, I think, in our position to be able to do that. Yeah, and then what about talking about Apple Pay? Just makes you think about mobile mm. phones. Is that, does that include it in your list of things people can insure? Or is that sort of beyond? The yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, typically one of the, the most picked Every subscription tends to have that as kind of a linchpin item, um, you know, and which kind of stuff re revolves around as well. 
And then what next in terms of geographies or demographics you're going to go after? Definitely. You know, uh, we're really keen to, to, to spin off into to Europe. We've got a, uh, we've agreed terms in Portugal already for a bit of a franchise model, but also we ourselves are looking to develop out into some key areas as well, uh, in which, you know, we're going to need some solid payment partners to be able to take that across because, you know, it's complex and it's not something we have expertise for uh, in-house for sure. And how did you end up doing this? Yeah, I mean, kind of working in insurance for a close to a decade and, and not buying insurance yourself is kind of a, a big red flag. You know, I was in rental accommodation in part furnished, fully furnished, unfurnished, flatmates, no flatmates, all sorts of different combinations. And I never once bought content insurance, which for me was a massive red flag being in insurance. Um, you know, it didn't work for me. You know, it didn't appeal to me. So I thought, you know, something needs to be done here. And actually, the global data three weeks ago released... Uh, stats to say less than half of renters actually buy content insurance. To me, that screams, you know, there's something wrong here. So, uh, which is exactly why we developed out, you know, something, an alternative to that, you know, that fits the modern lifestyles of, of the generation we're targeting and covering them where they actually need it, when they need it. Ben, thank you very much for coming to join us again. And we look forward to following you on your journey into the future. Brilliant. Thanks, Ali. Okay. Thank you. Hello, it's Ali Smedley from the Research and Insights team at InsTech. I run our monthly climate newsletter, which covers all climate-related insurance news that we think you need to know about. This includes what's happening right now in hurricanes, wildfire and flood, and increasingly climate change and ESG-related news too. You can sign up on our website, so that's www.instech.co. And of course, if you're a member of InsTech and want to make sure we don't miss out on your news, you can let us know by emailing news at instech.co. Next up on stage was Bruno Soares, Chief Product Officer for Inverse. Now, Inverse has 60 people in the company located in the UK, Zurich and Portugal and has a critical role as a glue joining up insurers to payments companies like MasterCard and banks. I asked Bruno to explain a little bit more about what the company does. If we have to draw a line between an insurer and any payment provider, so we are on the insurer side, right? So providing the connectivity itself, right? So... Um, making sure that uh, for both ways, money in or money out, they have a single connection that they can rely on and then start adding or removing payment technologies uh, without having to change their banking or payment providers. Uh, okay, so you've got the insurance company and you've got different banks can sit behind that yeah. and then MasterCard is one of the organisations that you're also connecting to and partnering with exactly. in there. And, and so before Inverse came along, how were insurance companies making those connections? With Inverse, it's actually like we removed that away from having to understand what are the payment workflows, what are the different type of connections that they have to deploy with different payment providers. So in, in providing a single, very simple way of talking to the payments mm -hmm. world, again, both directions, and having the possibility to actually set up in our ecosystem what kind of payment providers they still want to work. Well, the challenges of legacy systems are well known for insurers. I asked Bruno what can be done to overcome these limitations. We often see APIs, right? very often. Right? So, and most of these companies, they struggle to connect to these APIs and to understand like, what are the workflows. And, and, and by providing a single connection that is able to understand payment files as well as or even API calls, we remove away from the issuer the, ability to, the, the capacity to understand the payment workflow uh, that 
usually depends on the payment method that you're using, the market, the currency, the provider that is behind it. Bruno went on to give an example. We work with the, the likes of uh, CA Seguros, for instance, uh, back in, in Portugal, uh, in order to extend their payout capabilities. So instead of paying out like only with a bank transfer, they, they add other options. Um, Swiss Re is also a good example. Um, they have developed one product that is expanding uh, around the globe. So and they were looking for one partner like us that could run uh, the payment capabilities independently on the location. So it's for them to decide if they want to work with a global provider if they want to work with the local one. So, and this is where our technology actually makes a lot of sense, like launching new products or new markets. Okay. So user-based insurance, somebody chooses to go telematics, they use, do it through one of the Portuguese providers. Yeah. You've got it burst in the background. And then I think parametric as well, is that another area where you're also helping yes, find we, a solution? We're exactly um, are doing a lot on, on, on that space as well. Um, since we have the ability to actually trigger um, based on, on certain events, right? So um, so providing a, a single solution that actually runs both uh, collections and payouts, right. so many in and many out, um, and the ability to work with some of the old systems or legacy systems, we can actually get a, a payment file with 25,000 different instructions, right? And, and shoot out the payment immediately giving the customer the option how we want to get paid. Right. Right? So, because one of the main uh, challenges is actually engaging with that uh, policyholder um, that doesn't actually share the bank information okay. or the, yeah. the card information. Bruno continued with another example. More recently, we, we have uh, been working on a, on, with an American client basically based on, on those disasters that you have these um, um, events that you need to trigger a payment and people want to get paid now. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. And um, a good example is actually uh, partner with MasterCard. So in order to offer a real-time claims payout yeah. to experience, uh, because they, they don't want to wait. And uh, that was actually one of the, the reasons we exist at, at Inverse, right? So, yeah. Um, so, two of the four founders actually um, had a product uh, uh, to track our flights, like back in the time, and they wanted to monetize that app, right? So, and the way they did it was selling and partnering with the insurers. But when your flight gets delayed or cancelled, right. you want to get paid immediately, right? And and the moment we we start addressing that part, all the insurers said, "Well, forget the app, focus on this." Finally, it was back to MasterCard with Ian Slater, Executive Vice President of Enterprise Partnerships. I asked Ian what he felt the main drivers were about moving to digital payments. People don't really care about how they pay and get paid. They want a thing, they want a service, and they've made a decision to buy that thing or that service. And we worry a lot. We sit at things about this, the panels like this, about how do I make payments and how do I receive payments. Most people don't actually care about that. They receive, They care about... How do I make it simple? How do I make it fast? How do I make it reasonably cheap? But then how do I get my money in a way that allows me to move on very quickly and do the next thing? And how do I pay for the thing that I wanted? That is what we spend most of our time on. It's not about how do I make this a MasterCard payment experience or how do I MasterCard-a-size this process? 
but how do I make it easy? And to a certain extent, how do I make it so that people didn't even notice that I paid with MasterCard? People need to know that MasterCard is a company that they can work with, that they can trust, that they can do this stuff um, effectively for them, can do it globally for them. But then getting beyond the fact that it has two circles and we need to kind of promote the two circles and all the rest of it, most consumers don't really care about that stuff. We went on to discuss the work that MasterCard has been doing on virtual cards. The concept of a virtual card is simply a single card number, a unique card. If you think about any credit card number, it is a piece of plastic, it has a number, it starts with a four, it starts with a five, depending on which type of brand that you're using, has 16 digits that follow thereafter, and that's your card number. Now, a virtual card is exactly the same as that, but uniquely per transaction, the number is generated for that transaction. It still has an expiry date. You can, you can adjust the expiry date. It still has the CVV2, the, you know, those three annoying little numbers on the, on the back of it. So it has it, but they are unique and specific. There's no plastic involved, purely generated for usage digitally, predominantly on the internet. So you're just deconstructing all of that down to its basis level, which is the number underneath it and then allowing people to generate unique and specific numbers for an individual transaction, rather than having a sort of generic number that you use again and again and again right. and again. So, so just so I can understand how this works, so if I want to pay Arena £100, mm-hmm. I've got a, an ability to create a virtual card provided by MasterCard. That sends a number to Arena, she can then cash that in and get £100. Originally, it was generated for procurement and travel agents were the two people who really kind of latched on to this thing. Because one of the things that you found for a travel agency, you have to pay for, for your flight almost immediately because you don't have that kind of lag between people booking. I mean, sometimes you do, but particularly for business travel, you often have a very short window between somebody booking and then having to pay the airline. And therefore, generating a number that was specific, that transaction that could then be passed to the airline for an individual transaction, not only helped them reconcile that transaction, but meant they could get paid in near real time associated to it. And you didn't have to kind of generate checks. You didn't have to wait until people cut an invoice at the end of the month. It was really kind of designed for, for that use case in mind. And I think anything, anything that needs that immediacy of payment, but associated to a unique payment number, works really, really well for, for a card. You still need somebody like um, a bank or, or a payments provider who can help you generate mm-hmm. the card. And on the other side, if you're receiving it, you still need some kind of um, somebody like a Stripe who can help you receive that piece. But the, the flow of money is, is almost instantaneous across the two. One of the challenges often getting payments for a business or many, but they haven't coded it properly, haven't put the invoice mm-hmm. number in there. You don't know who it came from and has it been paid, has it not been paid. So this sounds like a very elegant solution to that. So why are we not all using virtual cards in, in business if they're easy to create? It sounds like they've got a lot of metadata with them and all the other benefits. You'd have to excuse the, the, the American uh, uh, terminology. You need both the picture and the capture, right. if you see what I mean, for, yeah. for this okay. process. But the wonderful thing about insurance, and I don't want to keep over, overselling the travel side of things, but the, it was exactly the same in travel. That's the reason why I took it off is the acceptance is generically there. I mean, if you think about paying pet insurance, if you think about paying kind of car hire, um, uh, car repairs, if you think about paying medical and hospitals, these people will accept cards anyway. Mm. You don't have to build that acceptance network. It's there. You just need to provide them with the tools to pay, the, to pay in that environment. And this has been the challenge in some other things. If you think about really hardcore B2B payments, the acceptance piece isn't there. We have to build that. That is not true in insurance. You just need to leverage it. And so are there 
companies you can point to, insurance companies that are already using virtual cards? Yeah, so we have a number. So Allianz has been using it for a while, um, and particularly in the US, quite effectively. We've been talking to a number of the large UK-based insurance companies about using it going forward. Most insurance companies, as people here will know, that they don't always manage that stuff. You've got a TPA, you've got some kind of third-party claims agent who's in there. And therefore, ensuring that those people use the technology, and they're oftentimes through some kind of front-end process, is actually more effective. So where we spent most of our times is for the third-party claims agents, because they were actually the people who are doing this on behalf of the, of the insurance companies, less so the insurance companies. Okay. And this may be an unfair week to be talking about the merits or cons of crypto and Bitcoin, but assuming that stabilizes at some point, yeah. um, does that become a threat to virtual cards, or do they sort of operate in different worlds? I think they operate in different worlds. I mean, I think it depends what type of card you're talking about. If we think about stablecoin in particular, we provide stablecoin-based cards. They're a currency that sits on a card that you transmit from point A to, to point A to point B. I think in terms of Bitcoin as a ledger on either side, as a record of value moving between the two, we still provide opportunities where you still need an underlying settlement to kind of move the money beneath the two. We still, we still do that. I think MasterCard is the second largest holder of Bitcoin and crypto-based patents in the world. So it's something that we see, we see building it's not got there yet, but the network's incredibly flexible and the network will evolve to kind of encompass these people as we go forward. So you look across a wide range of financial services, yep. not just insurance, as you mentioned. Is there one area you can point out in insurance that is doing payments well or even better than anybody else, but one thing you look at that you can point your finger at and be happy about? <clears throat> so I think we started in PNC insurance um, and... For those of you who, who, who are looking for entertainment later this evening, there is a, a video that you can go and watch for an Allstate ad, which is just a brilliant example. It's a couple of years old now. And it, it's, apologies for any of our American colleagues in the room. It's a very American ad. But it is a brilliant example about how this adds some value because it is an example of two individuals, somebody who has a car crash of not their fault and somebody in the Midwest whose roof gets blown off through a, a typhoon. Now, in a traditional environment, they would have to file a claim, they would have to wait time, and then money in America, they would cut checks to send to these people. In both of those cases, they use the MasterCard network to deliver instant funds to those individuals so they could get their car fixed very quickly, they could get their roof put on their house very, very quickly. And that's real value to people. People appreciate that. They can understand it. And again, I keep coming back to this point at the beginning. Nobody cares, ultimately, that that was delivered through MasterCard or anyone else. What they cared is that their roof fell off and somebody paid them money to fix their roof really, really quickly. And that is ultimately the value that we and, and my team and everybody I think in this room needs to be thinking about when we think about payments and insurance. Good story to end with, Ian. Thank you for coming back and really enjoyed learning about what to look forward to and uh, virtual cars. Thank cool. you. Well, that was the first half of the evening. Look out for part two, supported by Stripe, coming soon. And if you're looking for help sharing your technology with the world, or you're an insurer wondering how to find your next business partner, then please do get in contact with me, Matthew Grant, matthew at instec.co, or Violington, or in fact, any of us, hello at instec.co. And we can tell you more about what we're offering with our corporate members. Mm -hmm.